Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. Each week we are having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today we are chatting with Suzette who is originally from Alaska but now living in Egypt with her husband, her three children her cat and her dog. She tells us all about her journey becoming a mother and adjusting to her new life, the struggles her family faced with homeschooling and what their day-to-day looks like in Dahab. You may hear some kids playing in the background, but it's a podcast about education. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at The Bubbling Adventure for daily positive education content. And now that it's said and you all went and subscribe, let's begin. I'm very happy to be here. So we're actually face to face and it's been so long. I haven't been able to do a face to face episode because we are currently in Dahab, Egypt. And obviously with the restrictions in the UK, this is not possible, but very grateful to do that with you today. Cool. I'm so happy to be exploring this topic with you. Yes, thank you. And so before we we jump into the topic, could you please introduce yourself so we know more about you? Uh, my name is Suzette Swanson. I'm actually American, uh, but I've lived in Egypt for a long time. I was in Cairo for uh, 11 years, and then we decided to move to Dahab. Um, before that, I lived in Seattle, and um, I actually did my bachelor's degree in theater, so I went there to do my you know, really great theater life and uh, reality hit. And I ended up working with children, doing childcare, boys and girls club. And then I ended up taking over a uh, children's program. I was the director of that, where we got all kinds of on-the-job training. So we learned about brain gym, uh, peaceful Mm -hmm. parenting, nonviolent communication, 
the tribe's curriculum, Regio Emilio approach, Montessori approach, Waldorf approach. So ages and stages. I mean, I just felt on top of the world. Um, I had so much information. And then my, me and my husband decided to move back to Egypt. And I began working in schools here, mm -hmm. doing kindergarten. And um, so I did that for a few years. And then I did some corporate trainings. And then I was starting my family with Zane. And I was very excited. I was totally peaceful and zen about everything. And I wanted to do a very natural labor. And had this whole philosophy around it. And everything went the opposite. Um, <laughs> it was a disaster. I had a C-section in the end, traumatized. And Zane is not a very easy child. So all of my experience, all of my knowledge, thinking that I had this in the bag, it's one kid, how hard can it be? Came mm -hmm. to like a collapse. My whole world just was in shock. I was like, why isn't any of this working? But I know the ages and stages. I know how to parent peacefully. Why am I getting frustrated and angry? <laughs> what? So it was this shock. Because I really thought, I mean, I had worked about seven or eight years in the field before mm. I had my child. And I was shocked at how none of that was helpful when I came yeah. actually. It's very different when you read it from the book and when you actually try to apply. Because also, they're all different. So now you have three kids? I do. Yes. And they're all different. They're all totally different. But even before I was applying this in classrooms... And it was mm. great. I had difficult kids. I had kids in Seattle that, you know, had drug addict parents. And I was doing well with them. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so difficult. Um, but yeah, each one is totally different. And we did everything the same. So we co-slept with all of them. A baby wore all of them. Breastfed all of them. I mean, Zane, I had to supplement a bit because of the whole delivery situation. But um, mm -hmm. it's just amazing how... Each one is completely unique, and you have to deal with that. And then that attributes to the whole entire family dynamics. Of course. Yes, that must have been a, a big change then. And did you suffer with any sort of postnatal depression, or was it just a big adjustment for you to have a kid? Um, well, I thought that I was depressed, but we did like tests when we were still in the States and I wasn't mm -hmm. like, they were just like, this is just what happens, the dip after having a child. So then we came back to Egypt and I think it was just, it was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I think that was really what the experience was. So I had told Kareem, my husband, don't worry. I mean, you don't need to change anything with work. It's fine. I mean everything's fine and then we had the kid and it was like oh my gosh no it's I need not. you 24 hours a day <laughs> yeah. I can't shower I can't you know um so he had to take a lot of time off to help with that and um yeah it was just there was so much all the time that mm. was the thing there was no break and uh, I was saying once it would have been easier to do a law degree because at least I get weekends off kind of or I can sleep in if I need to but this is, there's no sleeping in, there's yeah. no break, <laughs> just go. Yes, and so what helped you in that situation? What, you know, how long did it take before you felt a bit maybe more comfortable? Um, I actually started at about 
Zane must have been one in a few months. I started doing a type of healing therapy with a friend of mine. It was a little bit of talk therapy, but mostly it was like this healing. And I actually don't even know what kind of healing it was. She had learned it from someone in Brazil. And um, she some of it was touching the body. Some of it was just holding over like Reiki. But it was really amazing. The first session I had, I felt all the pain in my legs of labor. It mm. was like all these blockages um, were just stuck in my body from that experience. And then I found out, shockingly, that I was pregnant with my second child. And I was like, I'm going to have a nurse breakdown. Oh. <laughs> okay, it was like, it's okay, it's okay. I'm going to take off work for six months. We'll, we'll work from home for six months. We can do it. And, and I was thankfully doing this energy healing during that mm -hmm. time um, to prepare. And then Iris was like the super easy baby thing. Yeah. <laughs> She was still a baby though, so it wasn't off the hook, but at least it was not as psychologically overwhelming. Like she was more reasonable in her babyhoodness, I guess you could say. Mm. Interesting, yeah, so completely different. And also, you're raising your kids in Egypt. Yes. How different is that? What are, I don't know, the, the perks, or because I, I can see the kids are always outside. Well, we started with them when they were little in Cairo, so we were in an apartment. The main difficulty in Egypt is that everybody has an opinion and everybody tells you their opinion. Okay. Which is so disturbing as a new parent. Just constantly hearing advice. I mean, I remember one day I was in the park or the club that they call it, the only area where you can play outside in Cairo. And he was eating something, and then, I don't know, I had to go to Fairuz, and someone came and said, oh, you need to wipe his face better because the ants are going to eat him. And you're just like, really? <laughs> really, in this moment, like, I don't have a moment to deal with this other child and then get back and, you know, do whatever hygiene I need to do for him. You know, it's just really like more pressure so you have your internal pressure you have your kids and then you have the society pressure all the time on you and then when it gets to family and in-laws I mean it's just I think it's the mm. same anywhere but here it's just another level because yeah. we're all supposed to be doing it the same way all every family <laughs> yeah that must be overwhelming f for sure And so, is it different here in Dahab than in Cairo, or is it still? Here, it's actually the opposite almost. It's really cool here. Um, so here, the kids, nobody gives you advice at all. Your kid doesn't have shoes on, nobody says anything. They mm -hmm. just are really hands off. Um, I think it's because in Dahab, it's unique in the fact that there's such an eclectic group of people. So you have Bedouins, You have Egyptians, you have Russians, you have all kinds of Europeans, a few Americans, Canadians. I mean, it's really such a hodgepodge that there isn't like a societal decree of certain things being acceptable and certain things not because mm -hmm. everyone's different. What's great also is um, being in Bedouin land and how they raise children, which is very free and not hands-on, like the kids are just kind of managing themselves. You really can't go wrong. <laughs> I'm with my kids, so if, you know, 
I can get them water or whatever else. You don't feel as if you're being neglectful because you've not done that little tiny detail. Mm. So it takes a lot of pressure off. People aren't as judgmental here. Yes. So that's what's great about being in Dahab. Mm-hmm. And so how's the school situation here? Do they go to a school where they speak English or to an Egyptian school? Okay, so the school education in all of Egypt is very difficult. Mm-hmm. In Dahab specifically, there is a language school and there's another language school that's a little bit better. So there's two of those options. They're both terrible educationally. There's the public Egyptian schools, which nobody could, could go to. And then there are these one-off, you know, they're kind of like micro schools, except they're even more hidden and more underfunded um, that are running. So when we first moved here, which was great, we found this micro school that's being run by a French woman. And it seemed to work perfect. It's not registered, so we don't have, we're not in any system, we don't mm-hmm. have any paperwork, but it was okay, we had an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, it's fine, uh, Rahim was still too little. So we did that for two years, it was fine, and then Corona hit, mm-hmm. and she moved to online, and this for us was, mm-hmm. it just ruined our family. It, I mean, Zane <laughs> was gonna have a nervous breakdown, we told him just, we told the teachers, Zane is not finishing the year. We're not getting credit anyway. We'll do what we can in the books, but he can't because he was literally mm. just losing it. He was having tantrums. He was nine years old, having psychological break from being online because we always knew that it influenced him. So from a young age, we've been very mm. careful about how much iPad and screen time. And now he was having three hours a day. Yeah. A nightmare. Mm. Um, Firuz was having anxiety because... For some reason, the screen, she felt like everyone was watching her. She felt so much pressure to do it perfect that if she had for, didn't do one question on accident or the homework wasn't right, it was like fits. So we knew that for this following year, we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to homeschool. So when we went back to the States, we registered in homeschool curriculum in America, and that's what we're doing this year. Hmm. Um, and it's okay, it's fine, it's really great. I have experience teaching, but I have Rahima, who is four years old. Mm-hmm. And this is impossible. If I didn't have Rahima, we'd be fine. So next year, actually, I am starting micro school with some other parents. We're coming together because Natalie's yes. closing her school. And we're going to create a micro school. We've already been talking about it. And the long-term vision, since we moved here, because we knew when we moved here, Natalie's school was um, not registered, and we would need something eventually. Mm -hmm. It's fine for the little years, but middle school and high school. Yes. And we're here. We bought a house, removed, that's it. So we had already been researching for the last three years how to do an official international school. We figured there's two language schools, we'll have an international school. So that is working on the side, but that's a huge investment, and we don't want to make it a business. So we don't mm-hmm. want investors that now we have to pay back money to in huge amounts with the deadline. So we're looking at how to get funding for that. But even if we had the money right this second, it's going to take at least a year or two to build the specs because Egypt, yes. it's like you have to build a full you don't. There's no small schools. You build for all grades, 12 classrooms, teacher room, 
Um, some of the specs I saw from Cairo had a tennis court and a swimming pool. I'm hoping we don't have to do that here, but uh, they're yes. huge, so it's a big investment. Okay, no, no tennis court. No, that doesn't that does not okay. exist in, Cairo, in Egypt anywhere. So that's happening on one side, and then the micro school as like the temporary for the next year or two is happening mm. on the other side. Yeah, no, it's I, I didn't know that uh, here you would also have to homeschool because of COVID because everything seems open okay. and uh, yeah. So I, I didn't imagine that. So you were hit by like the same way that everyone else pretty much in the world. So yeah, it's, it is a big adjustment. And even though you still have some like background in like as an educator, it's, uh, it's not the same. It's uh, because then it's different when you're in your classroom with kids and then you go home at night. Yes. I think <laughs> having to be the, the mother, the teacher, the police, you know, is a bit, a bit too much. And confined. Mm -hmm. and at that time too, there was a time where we couldn't even go out on the beach. Oh really? And for a short time because mm -hmm. they realized this is futile. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my, Rahima would run to the beach and the police would be like, can you please get her? And I was like, what am I supposed to do? She's four. And we live on the beach. So she's used to this. It's a bit impossible. And we were lucky yeah, to be in so much outdoor space. But the problem was that when COVID hit, um, the Egyptian schools immediately closed. And so all these ones that are running without any legal status were afraid that they needed to also close because You can't mm. run an illegal school in Egypt. So we're trying to find some kind of umbrella to work this micro school under. Mm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And so how are you feeling right now? Is it still very challenging? Do you feel more comfortable? What's your day-to-day -day like and your like mental states? With COVID or with homeschooling? Just in, in general, so even with, uh, with your children being a mother and raising three kids. Um, right now, I feel very overwhelmed because um, although I had taught a little bit when I've been in Dahab, I was teaching at the school doing English and theater. It's different now taking on this big project and um, I feel extremely overwhelmed. I mean, there's days where I'm like, I, I can't physically do it. I, I would love to, I'm passionate, I have the knowledge, I have the desire, the vision. I mean, I just like, I can taste it, but I, I have to deal with this child right now and I have to clean the house and I need to cook dinner and I don't have food in the house. And mm. there's so much reality in this physical life. I mean, life with three kids and, and a marriage and you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that have also the infrastructures and great so it's not super easy on all friends um, but then I always just like try to just forget about it when I get in that not forget about it I can't forget about things but I try to just be like okay I'm gonna go to bed and we'll start again tomorrow so I'm just not gonna because if I go in that cycle down I'm gonna reality will hit yeah you can't do a school you have three kids and you have a husband and you know and you're 43 so <laughs> Energy. You can do it. <laughs> you know? Of course you do. <laughs> But then you have to find this place of like, it's so essential. The problem is because we're tied here. I mean, we chose this as our home. There isn't an option because mm -hmm. otherwise we have to move. I mean, I, my kid has to get an education. So yeah. It's not a, a choice. You have to. It's very important. It's not just, you know, the, the, the supermarket is far. It's 
really important for, for kids to have an education and also education that is going to be recognized no matter what they want to yes. do afterwards because if for some reason one of them wanted to move to the US or anywhere they, yeah, or enter yeah, a proper college you have mm-hmm. to have some kind of proof of something you can't just be wild and free forever and live like you know I mean mm-hmm. it'd be cool if at some point in time but right now the reality is by the time my kids are going to be going in you know six or seven years I need to I can't close doors for them because my choice of living you know in a small town I guess you could say in mm. a foreign country yes and they love it here they have they been to the US with you and yeah, we travel every summer yeah much. they love America but I'm always reminding them that it's different on vacation than the daily life. Mm-hmm. So we did about um, a semester there, and Zane did kindergarten when I was gonna have Rahima, and it was really stressful for him. He, it was just like, just even the days and the hours of the kindergarten was hard for him. And just daily life, it's so expensive, you have to be really careful so this is always overshadowing things. It's mm-hmm. um, it's a different way of living, I think. And uh, so when we go on vacation, we are spending because we're buying things to bring here, and then we don't buy for the whole year. Mm-hmm. We buy our clothes, and then that's it. You know, we just we buy their shoes, and that's it for the year. So their idea of America is a bit different than the reality of it. Mm-hmm. But they love the freedom here. They love getting to be able to walk to the supermarket and buy something because I. They can't do that in America. They can't do that in Cairo. There's nowhere they can do that except here because it's such a small town. Yes. Mm. Do they speak Egyptian? They speak Arabic uh, a bit. Uh, we take Arabic lessons. Their dad is Egyptian, so it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we've moved to Dahab, it's definitely gotten better, for sure. Okay. And so at school... Is it in English then? Or? The school is in yeah. English and then they have Arabic class and then in the school we were in there they didn't speak very much Arabic on the playground. Or... Mm. That's interesting and I'm sure that even just playing with the other kids and things like that it, it's I don't know I think kids are quite fast to learn in general just playing together and they sort of have this understanding so that that's amazing for them because then they're going to be able to to communicate and and learn that's always good and then also once you learn one language you have more like your ability of learning others is is much higher so that's cool yeah they must be very free and i mean i would like to stay here so <laughs> of course i'm a bit biased but yeah it's a it sounds like a good place to to grow up in you know i think what i for me it's very important to try to keep my children children as long as possible um, you know, it's just physically, it's such a short time. It's only like 12 years or 13 years maximum. And then you're adults the whole rest of your life. So for me, I really wanted to keep them in this wonder of life. And what's great about Dahab is that it is it's kind of like you're going back in time in some ways. So there isn't so much technology, so much iPads, phones. I mean, of course, it's all here, but they have a simpler way of being. So they play with the bed of kids a lot, you know, out on the beach, they make fires, they go to the supermarket, they ride their bike around, they walk to karate on their own, they walk to school. So it's kind of, I don't know, 
Like, mm -hmm. I get to enjoy this part that doesn't exist anymore in the world. The kids are growing up so fast. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Really, I think, uh, yeah, that, that freedom and uh, also the diversity that you find in the city. I'm sure they're going to be super open-minded as well because then they meet people from around the world. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And so do you have any advice that you would like to share? You know, this is my one piece of advice that I would say. Um, I would compare parenting to going to war. <laughs> so you, before you go to war, you prepare. You know exactly what to do. You've done all the drills. You know what's coming. But when you're in war, you just have to survive. And I think that's the most important thing, is just surviving instead of getting stuck You know, did I do this right? Did I do this parenting technique? Sorry, my daughter just <laughs> entered. You know, you get lost in yourself of I'm supposed to be, be doing this for my kid. I'm supposed to feed my kid well. I'm supposed to. And instead, you just need to survive. You survive and your child survive. That's the most important thing, I mm. think. Because if you go into it with that mentality, you're going to have your good days, you're going to have your bad days. Because you don't know what to expect. So mm. that's what I would, that would be my advice. Yeah, that's a good thing. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's really a full-time job. It's not something you can just do. And it's also for a long time. You sign up for life. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good. Amazing. So thank you so, so much for everything. And it was a pleasure to chat with you and finally face to face. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. It was so fun to get to share this journey with the world, right? <laughs> yes. so, so many of us are on the same path. So thank you very much. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 